Hey there, it's Pastor Kofi Darate, and you're tuned into my podcast. Here you're going to hear life-giving messages and conversations that will take your vision, your destiny, and your purpose to the next level. I pray that you're blessed. God is in the business of taking people from one place to another. And tonight, in the next 25, because we did so much today, I'll teach more tomorrow. Last uh, time we had Friday night prayer, I spoke about I spoke about the ancient paths. And tomorrow I'm going to continue talking about ancient secrets. If you really want to get into the Word, into deep spiritual truths in the Word, in prayer, deep mysteries in the prophetic, uh, we deal with that on Fridays. This is primarily a teaching service. So, um, one thing the Lord was sharing with me was that. He's taking people from one place to another. We just had seven weeks of talking about being a kingdom laborer, and we ended up that series last week. Um, this week, I'm going to prop and set up for what we're going to be talking about all of March, which is the anointing. We're going to talk about mantles and the anointed in the month of March as we prepare for wildfire, um, which our theme this year is flames of fire, and, and God is going to do something special. So allow me in the next few minutes to set up what our conversation is going to look like for the month of March, primarily by bringing our attention to the fact that God has a desire for each and every one of us to go from one place to another. God is a God that moves from glory to glory, from grace to grace, from stage to stage. Uh, it's not the design of God for you to be stagnant and in one position. God is a God who remains the same but as a God who is always doing something new. And so his nature does not change, but the way that God can do and express and display his nature may change per the time, per the season, or per the era that we find ourselves in. The way that God can communicate to somebody in one generation is different from the way that God communicates to us in this generation. Case in point, our parents knew God and know God in a certain way, but the way that God reveals himself to us in this generation is the same God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. However, his expression will change per the era. You understand what I'm saying? So his expression will change per the era it finds itself in so that the generation that is there can understand his mind, understand his mandates, understand his promises, understand who he is, how he moves, how he operates. So God will begin to express himself to us in significant ways per the generation and era that we find ourselves in. And because of that, I can have complete assurance that God doesn't desire for your life to be in one position. God desires for you to move from one stage to the next stage, from one step to the next step. And God desires for you to essentially to promote and be promoted from one place to another. I've come for somebody today that feels stagnant. God is about to promote you from one place to another place. I've come for somebody that feels as though you've been forgotten. God is about to take you from one place to another. God is going to remember somebody this night. Remember somebody tomorrow. I'm waiting for your amen to match the declaration. God is, God is going to remember you. He's going to remember you to know, listen, that you're not meant to be where you are, but you're meant to go from one place to another place. Imagine if we entered into kindergarten and we never graduated to grade one. Wouldn't that be funny? If you would be a 25-year-old in kindergarten. But life doesn't work that way. It's the same way God doesn't work. God is from grace to grace, stage to stage, from one place to another. He moves. He, he shifts. He goes from one place to another. And the way that God can use that or the word that we use that, as, to, as to how you go from one place to another place is a word uh, that I love and that we're going to look at today is the word promotion. Promotion. The word promotion. Uh, if we turn our attention today... Uh, we grab my notes to Psalm chapter 75 or Psalm 75, 6 and 7. You'll see it like that in the NKJV or, or whichever version uh, is available there. Psalm chapter 70, 75 or Psalm 75. Uh, let's go to verse 5 first and then we'll go to verse 6 afterwards. Verse 5 and then verse 6. Psalm, 60, Psalm 75 verse 5 and uh, Psalm 75 verse 6 and 7, sorry. 
verse 6 and 7. So we'll start in 6. For exaltation comes neither from the east. If you have it in the version there, my version here says, For promotion neither comes from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Verse 7. It says, It is God alone who judges. It says, He decides who will rise, and He also decides who will fall. In other words, promotion comes from above. Promotion comes from the Lord. And in other words, we can now say that because promotion comes from the Lord, because promotion is in the realm of the spirit, promotion is a spiritual quantity. Promotion is not one thing of the natural. Promotion is in the realm of the spirit and manifests itself into the realm of the natural. That's what promotion is. Promotion comes from the Lord. So if you're looking and you're stagnant and you're looking for, Lord, when will you take me from one place to another? I've come with great news. When you begin to pant after the Lord, the Lord begins to decide these things in the realm of the Spirit. Your life has been decided in the realm of the Spirit. That's why we don't joke with the spiritual realm. Because the spiritual realm is where transactions happen. The spiritual realm is where your destiny is decided. And tonight God is changing the destiny of people by allowing there to be an atmosphere and allowing there to be a moment where God is transitioning you by way of the vehicle of promotion. Somebody will be promoted today. I'm telling you. Somebody is about to be promoted. If you're the one, say I'm the one. You're about to be promoted in your workplace, in your schooling, in your life, in your ministry. Watch this. Promotion is just not something that when it comes upon you, oh my gosh, I've just been promoted and now I'm, uh, I have this position at work. That's great. That's great. But that's promotion within the scheme of man. But when it comes to promotion within the heart of God, my goodness, you can be in the same position at work. But when it comes to promotion, there can be other things in your life that you're thinking and seeing are working and moving for you. I prophesy tonight that you won't just have one promotion, but it'll be multi-dimensional promotion. You will be promoted in your workplace, promoted in your schooling, promoted in your family, promoted in your anointing, promoted on every level. When you talk about promotion it's not one dimensional and that's our problem lord promote me in the workplace that's great but i'm also praying god promote me amongst men promote me amongst women promote me at every level bring my life i won't want to remain stagnant take me to another place promote my life promote me now when you talk about promotion you have to understand this, that God has decided things in the realm of the spirit, and we're going to get to it right now by way of the scriptures, specifically in 1 Kings 19, we'll go to, 1 Kings 19, we'll go to verse 16, and then work our way down from there, but you have to also understand that when it comes to promotion, that we must be prepared for what God wants to do. So I'm going to teach for the next like 25 minutes today because we, we took some time. The next 25 minutes on the topic, how to prepare for promotion. How to prepare for promotion. In other words, how to prepare for what God is about to do in your life. You have to be prepared for this. Because if not, what will happen is that you will have the opportunity, but you won't be prepared to handle it. And a lot of people miss out on what God is doing next because they haven't handled their today. And I want us to be able to lay down some principles because God, you know, we just shout it, it's all great, and we receive it, and we, oh my God, God, we receive it, it's great. But the truth of the matter is that a lot of people don't know how to handle or how to prepare for what God is going to do. So God can give you an incredible husband and wife, but if you are not prepared to handle them, you can spoil your marriage, even though that's what God said. So it's important for us to know how to prepare our hearts and our minds for what God is about to do. When we go to 1 Kings chapter 19, we're going to look at seven principles today on how to prepare for promotion. And we're specifically going to look at the life of Elisha. Elisha was one person that God was about to promote. And I think it's imperative for us to understand and know the way that God worked in him and prepared him for the promotion and the anointing that God was going to place upon his life. 
So when we go to 1 Kings chapter 19 and 16, we see this in the scriptures. The Bible says, this is God speaking to the prophet Elijah, um, and it, who would soon become Elisha's uh, predecessor. And the Bible says here, also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Mahola. You shall anoint as prophet in your place. 17. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. 18. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. It's incredible because... At this point in the scripture, Elijah the prophet believed that he was the only prophet. Elijah believed that there was nobody else anointed. I want you to understand this very clear and pay attention to what I'm about to say right now. That yes, you are anointed, but God also has other men. Yes, you are called, but God also has other people. And it's ignorance for us to believe that we are the only people that are called. It's ignorance for us to believe that we are the only people that are anointed. Elijah believed that he was the only one that was anointed, and God proved him wrong to say, I have 7,000 other prophets who are ready, who are anointed, and who are just waiting from some level of promotion. Just because they are hidden doesn't mean they're not called. And that is exactly what this scripture is proving. This scripture is proving the fact that although you may be in the spotlight, there are people who are in behind the scenes. God has people in a back-end mountain somewhere praying for oil to come upon their life, and you are just here in the spotlight. Listen to me. The moment you mess up, God has 7,000 other people, 7,000 other prophets that he's training behind the scenes to be ready for whatever assignment. Listen to me. Promotion is of the Lord. Watch this. Elijah had no idea that his name was being discussed because promotion first starts in the realm of the Spirit. Are you with me? Promotion begins where? In the realm of the spirit. Elisha wasn't there when God was speaking to Elijah. Elijah didn't even know who Elisha was. But God was speaking to him. There are people speaking about you right now. And they're speaking good things. I know we always focus on the negative things. But there are people that God has spoken to to bless you. My prayer is that that blessing will manifest itself this year. There are people who God has spoken to to favor you. There are people who God has spoken to to honor you. There are people and places that your name is being mentioned, not just in shrines and altars, but your name is also being mentioned in places of power. And God says this three months that are coming you are about to see God promote your life because of the fact that God has your name on the lips of men who carry the ability to make decisions God has your name on the lips of men who have the ability to make power oh say do you not believe that God is already speaking to people about your situation do you not believe that your name is already on the lips of men who have the ability to decide destiny God is in the business of transitioning transforming and promoting men and I believe that you're the one that is up next for what God is about to do there were seven seven thousand other prophets pastor said seven thousand other prophets can you believe that what a rude awakening it would be Amanda to believe that you are the only one that can bring down the glory of God and he tells you I got seven thousand other people who are just as good who are just waiting for a moment of promotion. Elisha was minding his business, but his name was being discussed. You see, you have to understand one thing. That the way that you register yourself for promotion is to be known by God. When God knows you, and you know God. You have an intimate relationship with him. That means you're communicating with him. That means you're speaking with him. That means times of prayer. That means times of intercession. That means devotional times. That means times in your car where you're turning on, you're listening to music, and you're allowing the presence of God to saturate your car, and you're speaking to the Lord, and the Lord is speaking to you. And it's moments like that of intimacy with the Lord. When you become known to God, God begins to say, no, 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 no. I can now speak to you. Did you not forget the other day, the Bible speaks about Job and says that 
God went to Satan and said, have you not considered my servant Job? In other words, this is a person that is so close to me that I could even give this person an opportunity to be tested and tempted by the devil. Because he had a personal relationship with him. Isn't it not David, who was a man after the heart of God? Isn't it not Moses, who was a friend of God? Understand these things. That when it comes to dynamics of the spirit, when it comes to dynamics of promotion, it's not simply, I just got promoted at work. No, 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 no. That's one manifestation of promotion. But you can be promoted in work and be stagnant in marriage. You can be promoted in your calling, but you can be stagnant in other areas. But when God brings promotion from above, it has the propensity to be multidisciplinary. It doesn't affect one thing, it affects all things. It's not just one thing, it's the other thing. It's not the other thing, it's the other thing. When God brings forth that promotion on your life, you see that everything in your life is advancing at one stage to another stage to another stage. So Elisha began his journey of promotion and preparing to be promoted by firstly registering his name to be able to be a, a, a candidate for promotion by knowing God and being known by God. We know this because God was speaking to Elijah about Elisha, the man who knew God, the man who walked with God, the man who knew the ways of God. So be known by God. I'm giving you seven points today on how to prepare for this heaven and this godly promotion before we enter into a month of talking about mantles and the anointing. Be known by God. Number two, let's go to 1 Kings. Uh, beautiful, we're right here. Number two is this. Let me read it to you. Just stay right in that scripture if you can. How to prepare for promotion. Number two, be disciplined. Be disciplined. Be disciplined. Be disciplined. Be disciplined. This scripture is clear. It says, yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal. You have to understand the system at the time. Baal was the more popular um, god that most people worshipped at the time. So what this was saying was that Elisha had enough discipline within him to be able to not bow to what was the trend at the time. To be able to be aware of it. I read something so beautiful in the book this week. It said, be aware of the trends, but also beware of the trends. It said, because you must know what is happening so that you can pray against it or that you can be accustomed to the times, but you also have to be mindful of the effect of the trends on your spirit and on your soul. So Elisha prepared for promotion by understanding that he would have to develop a type of discipline on the inside of him. Discipline is a word that we don't like as a generation because discipline takes work. And what discipline is, is discipline is saying no to a lot of things you ordinarily would want to say yes to. Um, are we here still? It's awfully quiet here today. Discipline is that word that is the root word of what we know as discipleship. So when we're talking about, I want to be a disciple, or that was the, you know, the Great Commission saying, go into the world and make you disciples. What that scripture is saying in John, he's saying, go into the world and teach people the ways of God, disciplining them unto the will of the Father, that they may walk upright before God. So what that is saying is, there is a type of character in us that has to be straightened out for promotion. Why? Because if we're not disciplined and circumcised, when God promotes us, we'll wreck it. Because when you're talking about another level, when you're talking about another measure, we love that song, right? Another measure, Holy Ghost, another 1,000. But that next measure, going from ankle, going from knee, to waist, to shoulder, will demand not just consecration, like I spoke about a few weeks ago, but will demand discipline. Our ability to say no to things that we would want to in our flesh say yes to. And Elijah had to understand that at this time, although Baal was the popular God to be worshipped, he would not bow his knee to Baal. Because he knew and understood that there was a God in Israel that he served and his name was Yahweh. We have to understand to be disciplined as a generation. How to prepare for a promotion. 
Number one, be known by God. Number two, be disciplined. 1 Kings 19 and 18. Number three, I'll give you this. Be diligent. Let's go to 1 Kings 19. Let's read the story. So as you know, right when God spoke to Elijah and spoke to him about the prophet Elisha, a man that would take his place, Elijah doesn't waste time. Elijah goes and finds Elisha. Verse 19. Let's go to the next verse. And this is where he finds Elisha. He says, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing the 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12. In other words, two teams of oxen. In other words, cows. And so he, or cattle. So he had two teams of oxen that he was plowing, two by two by two. And he was on his 12th team of oxen. And the Bible says, uh, then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle upon him. Teaching about how to handle, how to manage this promotion. How to prepare for promotion. Number three, you have to be diligent. 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 Can you repeat that after me? Say, I have to be diligent. You have to be diligent. First Kings 19 and 19. The Bible says that Elisha was working. I've come to understand something. That God loves to call people who are already working. Y'all are quiet tonight. It's like you have your business you're doing. You have your plan that you're doing. And God decides to call you. Pastor Nick, you were playing football. God caused your ankle to break or whatever it was. Was it your knee? Your knee. God caused that to break. The reason why he caused that, that knee to break or that knee to be fractured <laughs> was because God likes people who are already focused because that's a quality he likes, diligence. He promotes people who are diligent in what they're doing. And he calls them to himself. So my father, our bishop, was in medical school, you know, was in med school or pre-med at U of T. He studied U of T, studied toxicology at U of T. And he was about to go into uh, medical school. And I believe in his second year or so, as he was in medical school, uh, the story is this, is that he started to hear the call of God on his life. I mean, why are you looking at me? You don't want God to call you. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. As he was in medical school, in his second year of med school, this is what happened, Minister Elsie. He started hearing the voice of God, and my grandmother was such a prayerful woman. She would pray, Deb, every morning, 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. And her only prayer was, God, change the heart of my son, for his heart has become like rock and like stone. Let him answer the call of God. And he prayed this prayer. Anybody grateful for praying mothers, praying fathers? Like praying people? Let's just thank God for our praying mothers. Like for real. Praying fathers, grandmothers. And... My, my grandmother would pray every day that my dad would turn and my dad would accept the call of God upon his life. I mean, it got so bad that sometimes my dad would hear my mom, because my grandmother, they were living together at the time in Toronto, in Rexdale, and he would come from his apartment room and go to my grandmother's apartment room at 4 a.m. and would bang the door and say, he said, Mom, can you stop praying that prayer? She would look at my dad and say, why are you mad because I'm praying? He said, I'm praying my prayer. This is for me, to God. Mind your own business. And she prayed until one day the call of God was so strong on the life of my dad that in his second year uh, of pre-med, one day he was so, like, he was at the end of himself. So he told himself, okay, God, he tried to make a wager. You ever been at that place where you try to make a wager with God? Okay, God, I will do this. I, I, I'll have to do it. So I will do this a little bit, and then I'll do this a little bit. Like, I'll do a little bit of ministry, a little bit of business. I'll do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Do a little bit of that. I want to do a little bit of everything. And that's fine. That's you. But there's some individuals that God calls to himself and says, you cannot do anything else. This is what you will do. And once you accept this, I will open up the rest to you. So he said, okay, fine. I can't do this here, so I'm going to transfer from U of T, and I'm going to transfer to a school 
in Nigeria. And he said he's going to go to, I forget the school that it is. I think it was in um, Benin, thank you. And he said he was going to go there. And as he goes there, he will go to, you know, the Archbishop Benjamin Hinojosa had a school at the time for ministry. And so he said, I will go to his school of ministry, and then I will also go to medical school, and I will just do that. He said, all I wanted to do was be a medical doctor, have money so I can support the pastors, because in my days, he told me the pastors were broke. They never had money. Their shoes were always torn, and they didn't look good. And so he said, I just want to be able to help the humble pastor. He said that when he made that decision and he was about to go, he called the University of Benin and they saw his transcripts and they saw everything and they asked the guy on the other line, told my father, he said, are you crazy? You did crazy, that's what he said. Are you crazy? He said, who leaves U of T to go to University of Benin to study medicine? In fact, they loved him so much they skipped him to his fourth year of medical school from pre-med to like third year medical school because they were so happy for this reason. He came and to Ottawa and called the embassy to try to get a visa. The guy that looked and says, are you mad? Who leaves Canada to go to Nigeria for medical school? He struggled with this decision to the point whereby he found himself at a subway in downtown Toronto and he saw the subway coming and the, the train was coming and the devil spoke to him and said, just jump in front of this train. At least you will end your life. You won't have to answer the call of God anymore. You will just end your life right there. He contemplated. And as he stood there, he heard the train was coming downtown the subway. He contemplated jumping. He contemplated jumping. And just 30 seconds before he would jump, he said he heard a voice, told him, and pulled him back. And the train went like this. I I'm talking to you about how God prepares men for promotion. He, he, he began to look at this subway coming and his heart was beating fast because he told himself, listen, I don't want to do the will of God. And I feel like there's about 20 people here who are fighting with this very call of God on your life. And you're saying, I don't want to do the will of God. I want to do this. But you feel God is tugging you. You're doing medical work. But at the same time, you hear the voice of God is calling you, do my work, do my ministry. Everywhere you go, you're frustrated because you don't know what to do. You, you want to do ministry, but then you want to do this and you're frustrated. And for some people, they can be bivocational. They can do both. But there's some people that God says, no, you are called for my use and my use only. And until you accept the call, I will not release anything to you. Someone shout diligence. Say it again. Say diligence. He called my father because he was diligent at what he was doing. The same way Elisha was diligent at what he was doing. The Bible says that he was working. God looks for qualities of men. Men who have the ability to work. So he was working, plowing these fields of oxen. That was a business, a business inherited by his father. He was tending to the family business is what Elisha was doing. And as he was tending to the family business, a mantle falls upon him. We'll talk about this from next week onwards and going. But as we're setting this up, understand something. That you can come up and get a mantle, but a mantle can also come and fall on you. You can pray for an anointing, but anointing can also find you. As he was diligent, the grace, the oil, that anointing, that mantle fell upon him, and he had no explanation for it. Elisha didn't even know what was going on. He had no idea about how this anointing found him when it came upon his life, so much so that he literally ran after Elijah and told him, that, yo, can I kiss my mother and father goodbye? He didn't know the totality of what he was being called to, but he understood one thing. He knew that some grace had come upon his life. Some of us don't know what we're called to do in our entirety, but we know that our life has just shifted. Something is different about us. We carry some grace. We just don't know what the grace is for yet. We carry some oil. We just don't know what the oil is for yet. And Elisha received that oil. Elisha received that mantle. Are you with me still? Say, I'm with you. Elisha received that anointing. He received that mantle. And as he received that mantle, he ran to his mother and his father. And he says, no, let me kiss them goodbye, Elijah, before I come and I follow you. Number four, how to prepare for promotion. Manage relationships. Someone say manage relationships. The reason why the saying is this. You ever heard the saying, it's lonely at the top? 
The reason why the thing is it's lonely at the top is because that individual, while they were on their way up, didn't manage the relationship. So you get to the place you want to get to, and you look to your side, and there's no one there to share it with. The most painful thing is when you buy a house, and your life is prospering, and you look down your street, and none of your boys are on your street. And none of your boys, and I mean that figuratively, that none of your boys are there. And none of your people are at that place whereby you're like, my God, we've risen together. We've promoted together. We're at this place together. Because while you were on your way up, you didn't look to see how you can help your brother, how you can help your sister, how you can relate with somebody to the point whereby when God promotes you, you still have a bridge to them. Elisha understood something because, you know, uh, Pastor Nick, you know what Elisha could have done? He could have taken the mantle and left. But that would be irresponsible of him. The reason why it would be irresponsible of him is this. is because he had a business he was tending to, a family that he was tending to, but because of the anointing was on his life, he ruined that relationship. Some of us have ruined the relationships because I'm called. I have oil and I've been promoted. So you destroy the relationship that you will need in the name of oil. So we have to know how to manage relationships as God begins to promote us from one place to another place, from one space to another space. Because God is about to take some people here on a journey of ascension. From one place, that's what I heard in, in, in the prayer, he's going to take people from a, a moment of ascension to specifically starting from the month of March. But you're going to need to know how to manage these relationships so that you do not destroy these relationships as God is bringing you and promoting you to the next level and the next journey. It's not the easiest thing to do because relationships change when success is involved. When success is involved, relationships have the ability to change. And of course, because of, the, because of time, because of life, relationships will take different courses as they begin to grow. But that is why management of relationships is important. So that as God is preparing you for that place of promotion, I'm just setting this up for next week on how to prepare yourself for that promoted place, that, that anointed place, that elevated place. Manage your relationships so that you do not miss out on what God is doing with the life of people around you because you did not manage it. Elisha went back to his harem and he kissed his harem's goodbye. He told them what was happening. He had told them that a mantle fell upon me. He told them some type of oil came upon my life. He told them that I've now been called to a new place. I've been promoted to a new place. He communicated the promotion that God was bringing upon his life. He managed the relationship. Managed the relationship. Number five, just for time. 1 Kings 19, 21. I'm going through 13. Can you read this with me? One, two, three, and go. Let's go. So Elisha. Hmm? Yeah. 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 Auction's equipment. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take this. We're gonna just finish this, and then tomorrow night we'll talk about the income tax. So Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment. Do you understand what this is saying, church? What this is saying is this, is that the business that Elisha had, he sold it. Oxen was his business. Oxen was how he made money. Oxen was a very lucrative business at the time. The Bible says he slaughtered, he killed, he destroyed what he was previously doing in one season. He says, I am done with this. I am moving on because I have another assignment that God has for me. I want to tell about six people here that God has something great for you, but is going to demand that you leave the oxen to follow what God is doing in your life. Slaughtered the oxen. See, our time is different. 
But maybe at that time, that's what God demanded of Elisha. We're looking at this as an individual thing. Maybe for Elisha, God demanded of him that he would have to destroy, which he did, destroy the oxen and follow Elisha. Elijah, for some people, God would say, keep the oxen, keep a version of the oxen, keep a percentage of it, and continue on and follow the prophet of God. But because of Elisha's assignment and what he would be doing, he could not have a contingency plan. He could not have a contingency plan to land back on if this prophetic thing didn't work out. You know what I'm saying? Some of us tell ourselves, like, okay, if this doesn't work out, then I got this. If this doesn't work out, if I got this. But God was calling Elisha to a life of complete surrender. To say, God, this is what I'm doing. There's no fallback plan. So if you are going to be prepared for promotion, the fifth point, number five, right? Number five. Number five, you have to conquer greed. Conquer greed. Greed would say, I want it all. Conquering greed is, I'm leaving this thing. I know that God is going to provide for me. I take a step of faith. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm following God because I know that he's the God of all flesh and he's the God that's bringing me to this place of promotion. If promotion is a spiritual quantity, then God, you are going to guide me in this promotion. You're going to provide for me in this promotion. You're going to be there with me in this promotion. So I handle myself accordingly. In addition to that verse right there, point number six, how to prepare for promotion, be a giver. Not only did he slaughter the vision, he gave it to people. He took his business and he gave it out. What was making him money? He decided to give it out. When you're talking about God promoting you to the next level, God promoting you in multifaceted ways, God taking you from one place to another, God wants to see if, if he raises you and takes you there, will you still have the same heart of service, the same heart to give, the same heart to be diligent, the same heart to be disciplined. So God says, before I promote you, I will test you. I will test you to see if you have the ability to give what it's costing you. We all know the story of the woman with the, uh, with the alabaster jar. The reason why we know that story is because the woman who took what was so costly to her and she spilled it at the feet of Jesus and everybody told her, why would you do this? And why would you, why would you give yourself to this? And why would you, do you know how expensive this oil is? This, this is incredibly expensive perfume. And she poured it at the feet of Jesus and she just poured it and took her hair and began to clean it and anoint the feet of Jesus. And everybody there said she was crazy. Everybody there said she's lost her mind, but she knew what she was doing. And God said that your name will be spoken about for generations to generations. And up until now, we still refer to her because it's a woman who understood the ability to not hold on but to be able to give what was costly to her. That's what we call sacrifice. That's what we call sacrifice. So that's why for many of us, we're challenged by God telling us to tithe. And that's fine if that's where you are. God will continue to help you in that. But for some of us that have mastered the tithe, it's rather the offering that's the challenging part. Because God has told us what the tithe is, it's 10%. But the offering has no amount. God can tell you, offer up everything. 100% of your earnings, offer them up. Time and time again, I've literally gone places, I've been blessed, and God will say, this is not for you. tell me what you've received there's times i've gone to bless people's churches i've worked for you know i've ministered three days four days whatever have you and god said don't take a penny from them whatever they give you give it right back to them i said god i understand this but i got bills oh y'all don't want to be real with me tonight i tell my say i got bills i have stuff that i like you know you know there's time there was one time i literally had already calculated what i was going to do with the money that i was going to get you won't be real with me, but that's all right. I'm real with myself. 
I calculated, Pastor. I knew, okay, okay, this is incoming, okay, from this, I'm going to do this here, let me do that here, let me do that. And I started, like, already putting it there. This is going to go to the, my tithe, this will go to the church, then this will go here, then I will save this here, then I will do. I already calculated what was going to come. And God said, don't touch that. It's not yours. He said, offer it up to me. Oh, but God, but I believe my tithe. He said, yeah, that's your obligation. God wants, tithe is not something you negotiate with. Tithe is already spoken for. God says, keep 90, give me 10. It's already spoken for. But he says, the other 90, he can tell you, give 50% or give all of it. And I stood there and I said, God, you want me to give all of it? He said, son, all of this. Uh, God, why do you want to give nothing, God? I mean, you start saying stuff, you're not even making sense no more. You're speaking gibberish to God. Start speaking in tongues, different tongues, diverse tongues. God, you're saying all types of things because you don't want to give up what's in your hand. But look at Elisha. Elisha didn't think twice. He didn't think twice about it. Elisha said, I'm going to slaughter and I'm going to give it. And I'm going to offer it up because I know what's on the other side of my obedience. I know what's on the other side of my offering. On the other side of my offering is a promotion. And one day, one day, one day, one day, Elijah will transition and a mantle will fall. But the mantle comes to people who have been able to discipline themselves in the place of greed. God, you will have to provide for me. God says, I want you to set the world in order. A few months after that, I met a great man of God. Called me. He said, come meet me in the back room. And he prayed for me for seven minutes. And poured out everything in his spirit upon my life. He said, from today, I won't say everything he said, but he said, from today, you will operate in endless revelation. He said, from today, you will operate in a dimension of the word. You will up. He said, should you decide to turn that button on, you will operate in the realm and dimension of the word like it's not been seen before. He said, God is preparing you to be a, a, a patriarch when it comes to this type of ministry in the next generation. God, he, he started speaking things over my life. And God looked at, and I began to pray afterwards, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, uh, uh, about this word, what do you want me to do with it? Uh, what should I do with it? What should I do with it? He said, son, this was me repaying you. You were worried about the money. I gave you something far more than riches. He gave me something that cannot be quantified in coins. He gave me an oil. I'm not trying to say that God doesn't give you back resources. Oh, yes, he can bless you with resources. And he has blessed me many times when I've given. God has blessed me where I can return. But I don't know why I can't get past this point. I feel like we have to begin to understand the power of letting go. The power of letting go. When you let go, God says you're ready to be promoted. You're ready. You're ready. The test of promotion is your ability to say, what I had at this level, I can release it. Like, I can release it. Dare I say it, I've come to understand, and this is just my special revelation, don't crucify me for it. This is my special revelation, this is what I believe the Lord is telling me personally. That God looks at our giving life as a prerequisite for the promotion. Dare I say it, the weight of God or the amount or the level of promotion can be traced to the heart of service and giving. It can be traced to it. Let's be on our feet. Time is about spent. Let me give you the last point. This is just a drive-by word tomorrow. I'll teach more on the ancient texts. 
1 Kings 19.21. Just end that off there. Seven. Let me give you the seventh point. It says, after he gave it to the people and they ate. You know there's nothing in the scriptures that's just there just to be there, right? Right? So if the scripture said he gave it to them and they ate, there's a reason why the Bible made mention of the fact that they consumed it. There's some things that must be gone, eradicated. There must be no residue before God takes you to the next place. God may say, give this to somebody until they use it. You may not qualify for where God is taking you. There are some things, not everything, but just some things. It's my special revelation, don't, don't be rude, boy. Then he arose, let's be on our feet, we're done. Then he arose and followed Elisha and became his servant. Now, understand this. Last point, point number seven. How to prepare for promotion. Be submissive to authority. He already had a business. He already had a job. He already was wealthy. But God told him to go and follow a prophet. And not just follow, because you know you can follow and not submit. I know you can follow and not submit. Give me two minutes and I'll finish up. I know we're right. You can follow and not submit. But to be submission means that you are willingly placing yourself in a position whereby your power has the ability to be controlled. Your power has the ability to be managed. I should rather say that. Submission is willingly giving up your power to be managed by another person, to make sure that you don't destroy yourself. So, so imagine a businessman who runs his own business. The reason why I know he runs his own business is because he was the one that was tending to the team of oxen himself. They didn't mention any other word that the man was diligent. He worked his own thing. He was doing his own thing. He was his own boss. You know how hard it is to tell somebody who is a boss to submit under authority. That's why submission is never forced. Submission is revelation. Submission is what? It's revelation. You never force somebody to submit under your authority. No. What you do, and I know this is more of a leadership teaching today, but what you do is you pray and God will reveal to them and they will willingly bring themselves under and allow their power to be managed by you. I told a leader this this week. I was in a mentorship call and I told a leader this this week. I told him, I said, he, he was talking to me about a few things. He said, you know, it's kind of hard to lead, you know, young people, especially when they're my age. And da, da, da. I said, oh, you're my guy. Understand it. I said, when people realize the value that you carry that's the beginning of honor in the person it's the fact that I understand and I value what you carry I value what is in you so I'm willingly submitting to you because I understand that your value has the ability to increase my value that's what submission is I've given you seven points today on how to prepare for promotion because beginning tonight you're shifting into another gear I'm telling you you can say amen a bit louder amen. you're shifting into it like another space I'm telling I don't have to shout tonight Melissa for this to be the truth over your life I don't have to scream and sweat for this to be the revelation God's bringing I'm telling you like I know my name God is about to shift people from tonight, from this 1201. 1201, 1201. And you will come to testify. I know this, I'm not, this is, this is, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you what I think. I'm here to tell you what I know by God's grace. God is shifting people. He's promoting people. He, that's his desire, is to promote people. That's his, like, it's his desire. 
He wants to prosper people. Beloved, I wish above all things that you will prosper. He wants to prosper. Prosperity is not just in kind and in money. Prosperity is in all levels when your life begins to take form and take shape. God wants to prosper you. It's his desire to do so. But we have to be prepared. And my whole thesis statement tonight is clear. Is that we mess up our promotion because we are not prepared for it. So God has brought us a sobering word tonight to let us know that there are more things, but these are seven areas that we have to pay attention to to be able to be in this place where we do not mess up what God has set up. I want you to pray this prayer. God, prepare me for promotion. Yeah, just take two minutes. Yeah, the gear just fell. Take two minutes. God, prepare me for promotion. 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 Prepare me for my next level of destiny. For some of you, God is entrusting you with visions. God has entrusted you with a business idea. God has entrusted you with a marriage. He's entrusted you with a program. He's entrusted you with a ministry. He's entrusted you with a team. He's entrusted you in all ears. God is entrusting you with a family. He's entrusting you with so many different things. Entrusting you with so much. He wants you to manage this promotion. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we love you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for speaking clearly to us. Thank you, Lord, for sharing with us. that you desire to prune us before you promote us. Holy Spirit, help us in these seven areas today. Lord, we will learn your friends, thank you so much for tuning in and hearing this podcast episode. I trust that God transformed your life and took your life to the next level by something that was said or conversation that was had. Well, I cannot wait to connect with you online on any of our social media platforms at Kofi Darte. Until next time.